Hello and welcome to To Live as Christ. We're glad to have you join us and hope that you will be blessed through today's message. In these uncertain times, more than ever, we need the peace and certainty that comes from God alone as we look carefully into His Word together. If you have your Bible, please open it to the book of James for today's message entitled, What to Do with What You Hear. Well, you may recall several weeks ago we began working our way through some of the end times passages of scriptures as part of a sermon series entitled Living for Jesus as the End Draws Near. The purpose of this series has been to get us thinking about how we as Christians should be living our lives here and now while we wait for Jesus to come again. How we should be watching and waiting for his return, how we should be expecting his return, and what we should be doing while we are watching and waiting for his return. That we should be committed to doing the things that Jesus wants us doing each and every day, each moment of every day. That we should be loving God and others. That we should be lifting up the name of Jesus and worship and witness. That we should be learning to follow Jesus faithfully. And, of course, living a life truly devoted to Him. That's part of our, our mission statement at River Boulevard Baptist Church. And I just want to say that to you again. Our mission statement and purpose statement is to love God and others, lift up the name of Jesus in worship and witness, learn to follow Jesus faithfully, live a life devoted to Him. Before we move on, let me just say a couple words about that. Loving God and others. Well, of course, that makes sense. Jesus said the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And the second was like unto that, that you should love your neighbor as yourself. We're to love God and others. And it's not supposed to be just uh, love in word, but love in deed, that we will actually take time to extend God's love to other people, that we will look and see their needs, that we will be, pr- that we will be praying for others. Uh, that they will be on our minds and our hearts, that we will do our best to, to take our eyes off of us and put them on, on God and others so that we can be God's instruments of love here on earth, his channel of blessings to others. We also need to be lifting up the name of Jesus in worship and witness. Well, I gave you uh, a little bit of a talk about this in the introduction today about being a part of a church. Well, we need to be a part of corporate worship. We can worship at home by ourselves, which we should be doing. We should be worshiping God uh, regularly at our, in our private life, not just reading Bibles and praying, but actually giving God praise and worshiping Him for who He is, doing that through our words and doing that through songs as we sing them uh, to God by ourselves alone. It is a good thing to do that. We also want to lift up the name of Jesus in witness, and that means that as we go out into this world, that our lives exemplify who Christ is, that it demonstrates that we are believers in Him, and it are just our very attitudes and actions become a witness for people to see. You remember last week's message about uh, having an attitude of gratitude and being thankful, and the big reason, one of the big reasons for that is so that others will see something different in us. They will see that thankfulness. They will see that kind of of attitude in us 
Not a gripey attitude, but a thankful attitude. And that, that becomes a witness to them of who Jesus is, a witness to them of what Christianity is meant to be. And we go to lift up the name of Jesus and witness so that others will come to Christ and find him also. A word about that. If we don't have any desire in us to be able to share the love of Jesus with others, to be able to share the gospel message with others, we need to check ourselves because we haven't got the first thing right, love God and love others. If you remember, we loving others, one of the things about loving others is that we are going to be concerned about their eternal security, about where they're going to wind up after they die. Are they going to heaven? Are they going to hell? And if that concerns us, then we're going to be wanting to live our lives in such a way that it is a witness to them of who Jesus Christ is and that we can tell them the way to, to heaven, the way to come to Christ, uh, the way to come get that salvation through Jesus Christ that God has provided for all of us. The third thing in that purpose statement was learning to follow Jesus faithfully. We do that by staying in the Word of God, going to church, listening to sermons, listen, going to be a part of a small group and a Sunday school group so that we can hear about what it means to, to follow Jesus faithfully and do the things we meant to do according to His Word. That we will see His footsteps in front of us and we will get behind Him and follow where He leads us and follow His example. The fourth thing in that purpose statement was to be living a life truly devoted to him. And that essentially means that our life is about him. It's not about us. It's not about making ourselves happy. But our, our life, our purpose in life becomes about how can I live my life in such a way to show him my love and to be the kind of Christian I can be so that, so that it will bring him glory and will bring others to Christ. Very important things that we need to understand. Now, the purpose, that's the purpose to get us thinking about these things, I said, as the sermon series is about that. But the purpose of this series has been to, not just to get us thinking about this, but to be doing more than that. The purpose has been to get us doing something with what God is telling us through these messages. Just as it is with any sermon, the purpose of a sermon and the purpose of reading the Bible is that we will apply what we learn from the scripture and from sermons to our lives and let God use the things he teaches us to make us more like Jesus. Not to let it just go in one ear and out the other, but to, to hear what God is saying and to do something with it. So with that said, we're going to be in James chapter 1 for a bit today. Actually, that's where we're going to be spending our time mostly. And we're going to look at some uh, one particular passage there out of James 1 is at the end, verses 22 through 25. And there God's word tells us this, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. We all would like to have a little more of God's blessing in our lives, wouldn't we? <laughs> well, there is your answer right there on how to get, how to get a little more of God's blessing in your lives by doing what he tells us to do. Now, most, if not all of us, have heard these words from James before. 
If you've been in church any number of years, you probably have. And if we are to apply these words to our lives, we need to listen to God's word. We need to do also what it says. So here's just a few questions for us to think about as we get started here. Do you read your Bible to hear God speak to you? Now, I could have maybe stopped there for some of us, huh? Do you read your Bible? Do you read your Bible? It's very important that we do. But do you read your Bible to hear from God, to hear him speak to you? Do you open your Bible often to see if there is something God is saying to you today? Do you listen to sermons, not just to hear a sermon, not just to believe that somehow that's your duty as a Christian, but again, listening to hear if God is speaking to you some way through the sermon? When you read your Bible or listen to sermons, do you take notes so that you can go back over what you've heard or at least or at least let it soak into your mind so that you can think about it later and meditate on those things that, that God has shown you in your prayer time, hoping to hear something from God that he wants you to hear? If you don't do these things, then are you truly listening to God's word? Let's let that soak in. If you don't do these things, then are you truly listening to God's word? Now, here's another question. Once you have truly listened to God's word, what are you doing with what you hear? What are you doing with it? Anything? Well, we hope so. James tells us in verse 22, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. You must do it. When you listen to God's word read or spoken, are you taking steps to apply his word to your life and to do what it says? And there's numerous examples that I could give you, but I'm going to give you this one. The example of forgiveness regarding what the Bible says about forgiveness. If God is telling you to forgive, are you asking God to help you to see how well you already forgive others? And if there is someone that maybe you need to be forgiving today, someone that you need to forgive for something, and are you asking God to show you how to forgive? Because we need help doing that. It's against our nature, our flesh, not against our spirit in Christ, but against our flesh in the world to be forgiving of others. We want to retaliate. We want to take some sort of action to show them what they did harmed us or whatever the case may be. But that's not the Spirit of God in us. The Spirit of God in us is like Christ on the cross saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The Spirit of Christ in us says, turn the other cheek. The Spirit of Christ in us says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. You are supposed to show kindness when people are mean to you. You're supposed to love those who persecute you and treat you poorly. That's the Spirit of Christ in us. And, and we need help because in our flesh, we don't want to do this. But in our spirit, we need to be able to let our spirit have power over the flesh. And so submit ourselves to God and learn how to forgive, asking God to help us to forgive the way that we're meant to forgive. Are you asking God to help you to forgive, uh, to help you to have that forgiving heart that does not hold grudges, that does not refuse to forgive? Are you asking God to give you the desire and the strength to forgive in the same way his word teaches us to forgive? 
And if God shows you what to do to be more forgiving, shows you through your word, your time in the word of God, your time listening to sermons or whatever it may be, if God is showing you what to do to be more forgiving or shows you a person that you still need to forgive, are you doing what he shows you to do? Are you making peace with others? Are you letting go of hard feelings? Are you doing what God's word tells you to do when it comes to forgiving others and to developing a forgiving heart? That's just one example of many things in God's word of what his word tells us to do. And we need to ask, are we doing what his word says? Don't just listen to God's word. James tells us you must do what it says. And so when we discuss living for Jesus as the end draws near, yeah, getting back to that, right? Uh, which we won't be talking about a great deal today except for this aspect of it that I'm bringing you today. But uh, I'm intending to possibly get back into the, these messages from the end times. But when we discuss living for Jesus as the end draws near, and we read what Jesus tells us to do about that and how to live, uh, and to be doing what we need to be doing while we wait for him to come again. We are expected to be doing what he tells us to do through his word and through his servants who preach the word, so long as those preachers are preaching the word of God. Not just not through their opinion and, and not popular psychology or some sort of modern thought, but they're preaching the word of God. And we're expected to take steps in our lives in anticipation of the return of Jesus, uh, so that we'll be serving God here and now in the manner which he has fashioned us to serve. And everyone has been shaped to serve in a particular way. When you become a Christian, God brings his spirit inside of you. And one of the things that happens as well is that you are given a particular gifting, a particular way for you to serve within the body of Christ, the church, so that you can go there and, and serve God's people and serve him, but also so that you can serve others and loving others. So God fashions you. He fashions you to serve in such a way. He gives you a particular way he wants you to function within his church. Another reason why it's so important that we be in church. We can't function in the church if we're not at the church. That makes sense, right? We're also expected to not just hear his word and then let it go in one ear and not the other. And to go away from it and then do nothing with it. Because if we do nothing with what his word tells us, then his word won't do in your life what God intends it to do. And there's a lot he, he wants to do with his word in your life. He wants to teach you through his word. He wants to help you through his word in your life in so many different ways. Uh, he wants to bring you the strength that you need. He wants to give you peace and joy through his word. He wants to give you what you need to keep from sinning. And he wants to set you free these things won't happen if we're not in his word and it won't transform you to be more like Jesus and it won't bless you if you hear it but don't do anything with it make sense in verse 25 James tells us but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard then God will bless you for doing it here James tells us three things we must do to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Three things that will also bring to us the blessing 
of God. First, he tells us, look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. The perfect law being, of course, in reference to the word of God, what God tells us. Look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. So to put it simply, spend time in God's word, reading it, studying it, meditating on, on, what you, on what you see there, thinking about it, chewing on it, thinking it over, ruminating on it, uh, regurgitating it. <laughs> Basically, bring it back up to your mind again so that you can think more about it, like a cow chewing its cud, right? <laughs> so you do that with God's Word. You, you put it inside of you through reading and studying and, and thinking about it and, uh, so that it's there. In, as a part of you. And, and as you go through your day, you can be thinking about what you read. We are to be looking carefully into it. Read it as if you were reading information from a doctor about your the health issues that you have. You know how studious we can be about those things. Looking at the details, trying not to miss any important information. Making sure you know what you need to do so that you do everything you need to do and do it correctly. You don't want to make a mistake in that kind of thing. Your health is super important. So you want to look into God's word carefully, like as though you were looking at something, information that your doctor had given you. Uh, you read God's word like you were reading important financial information or insurance information or retirement information, trying to understand all the facts so that your money does the most for you. Read God's Word like it's the most important thing you'll ever read because it is. And be sure to remind yourself of that truth. It is the most important thing you'll ever read. It is the document we have that God has given us that tells us about life in Christ and what it means to walk in Christ and what it means to please God and what it means to find in Him all that we need for this life. Read it like that because that's what He's given us through His Word. The second thing James tells us we must do to be doers of the word, not hearers only, is to do what it says. Do what it says. Just do it. Nike might say in that, that old motto of Nike is just do it. Do what it says. <laughs> now, he already told us that back in verse 22, and we discussed what it means to do what it says. But James is repeating it here. He said it back in 22. He's saying it here in verse 25. And he is repeating this for a couple of reasons. Well, the, probably the most obvious reason is because it's really important. We need to hear it. We need to hear it again. We need to hear it again. And we probably keep needing to hear it until we do something with what we're hearing. Whenever we see something repeated like this, it's because the writer wants us to pay special attention to what is being said. Just like the way we might repeat things. We often repeat things when, that are important. We want people to hear it. And we want them to hear it again. We want to make sure they heard what we said. So we might repeat it. Second reason for him repeating this is because if we do what his word tells us to do, if we hear his word and pray about what it says and apply it to our lives, doing what his word tells us to do, then James tells us at the end of verse 25, God's going to bless you for doing it. God will bless you for doing it. So if you look carefully into God's word and do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, verse 25 tells us, then God will bless you for doing it. He will bless you. 
It doesn't mean that he's going to just pour lots of money in, on you or, or whatever maybe blessing that you think would be a blessing. But he's going to bless you in ways that you perhaps wouldn't even know about. Happiness, joy, peace, contentment, a good life, health. It could be all kinds of things. It's how God chooses to bless you based upon where you're at with him. But he will, it says, he will bless you for doing it. I asked earlier, don't we want to be under, under God's blessing? Don't we want to experience more of his blessing in our lives? I believe the answer to that is yes. Well, there's your solution. Look carefully into the word of God and do what it says. And don't forget what you've heard. And that, of course, is the third thing that we must do to be doers of the word, not hearers only, and to, and to receive this special blessing from God. Don't forget what you heard. <laughs> now, I know that, it, uh, that just because someone tells us not to forget something doesn't mean we won't forget it, right? <laughs> if you're like me, you forget a lot of things. And our minds just do not retain things like they used to do, <laughs> do they? But when James tells us, don't forget what you heard, he's not really talking about some kind of memory lapse and short-term memory, is he? What he's telling us is not to neglect what we've heard. Don't ignore it or treat it like it's really not that big a deal if we don't do anything with it. Don't, don't go away as though it's, you know, this is really some kind of trivial information that if we forget it, it, it really won't make any difference. He's, James is telling us to treat God's word with the respect it deserves. Open it up, read it, think about it, pray about it, pay close attention to it, take notes, ask God about it, ask God to help you to have understanding about it as we try to understand what God is saying through it so that we know what he wants us to do with his word and how he wants us to do it. See, as you spend time in God's word like that, it's hard to forget his word. It becomes a part of you. And it is something that echoes in your mind and your heart. James is telling us that we need to be in God's word so that God's word will be in us. He's telling us to do whatever it takes to keep God's word in your life in such a way that it almost makes it impossible to forget it. Keeping his word in front of your eyes often and always. And so maybe we should ask ourselves this question. Do we feel like God's word is such a part of our lives that it makes it hard for us to forget it? It's hard to forget it. Does his word permeate our hearts because of the amount of time we spend in it? Studying, reading, meditating on his word, thinking about it, chewing on it, bringing it back up throughout the day, thinking about it some more, asking the questions, what does this mean? What does God want it to mean to me? How does he want me to apply it to my lives? Are we looking carefully into his word regularly to hear what God is saying? It's amazing how many people will say, I just don't know what God wants me to do. I just don't know what his will is. And yet so many people won't open their Bibles to find out if God is going to use that to speak to them in their lives. We're not going to hear from God if we don't get come into the room with God, sit at his feet, and listen to him. And one of the biggest ways for us is provided, God has given us the privilege and blessing of providing the Bible for us so that we can find out what he has to say to us. 
And we won't know what he has to say if we're not looking carefully into it. So are we doing what we need to be doing with what God tells us? That's where it begins. That's where it starts. We must be in God's word, making it a prominent part of our lives, just like prayer needs to be there and worship and service to him. His word must be a prominent part of our lives so that we will hear what God tells us and that we'll do what he says and so that we will not forget what we've heard him say. Fill yourself so full with God's word it just pours out every part of who you are so that God can use his word in your life to make you more like Jesus with each passing day. Friends, I want to tell you something. If we will do that and we will put ourselves in that place to where God can transform our hearts to be more like Christ, we're going to find a happier life, more full of joy and peace. As it is when God's word is not a part of our lives, we let everything else influence us and we, we become people who in some way may be miserable and we, we sit here and we chase after things that do, don't fill our hearts up. And so we're not content and we're not happy and we're not at peace because we're trying to live life without the strength of God. We're trying to live life like on our own as though we're just fine the way we are when we know we're not. We know we're not. We need Jesus. We need God's word as a part of our lives in such a way that it just fills and permeates every part of who we are. As I began writing this sermon uh, for this week, I fully intended to move back into our study of the Revelation churches as part of the series of Living for Jesus as the end draws near. But the Lord took me in this direction instead, and I believe he did that for a reason. I believe he did that because we needed to hear this. We needed to hear this message as we talk about other things in the Bible. We talk about living for Jesus as the end draws near. What well, does no good for us to talk about things and not do something with it? And what God told me about this was this. As we continue to look at how to live for Jesus as the end draws near, that the message we must hear first is that we must do something with what we are learning. We must do something with what God tells us. We must be doers of the word and not hearers only. And let's stop pretending that we're, that we're not that. Let's stop pretending that we're not, his word's not going in one ear and out the other when so many times it is. Let's start really being sincere and seeking God with all our heart and, and wanting his word to become a part of us so that we take in his word and do something with it. Far too often we listen to sermons and then forget them almost as soon as we leave the church. Far too often, we read our Bibles, if we read our Bibles. And then we put them down without doing anything more with what God has told us. But God expects us to do something with what we hear from Him. Do something with it. It's the only way it's going to transform you. It's the only way it's going to change your life. He expects us to ask Him how we should apply His Word to our lives and ask him for all that we need to do that and to do it with all our heart for him. When you hear messages about how to live for Jesus and how to live your life in a way that pleases God, it does you no good if you don't do anything with what you hear. When you hear messages about how to be strengthened by God's word, how to find 
peace and joy and to be blessed through his word as you love him, listen to him and seek him first, does you no good if you don't do anything more with what you hear. I beg of you to do something more. We must be doers of the word and not hearers only. God has so much, so much for us, so much to show us, so much to give us. If we would just get some of these basic things right in our lives, just a simple truth, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. As we move forward in future messages about living for Jesus as the end draws near, or if those messages are simply just living for Jesus each moment of the day, let's be determined to stop letting God's word go in one ear and out the other. Let's be determined to do something with what God tells us. To look carefully into the perfect law. To do what it says and to not forget what we've heard. Let's do that because... Well, that's what we should do. That's what God expects us to do. But let's also do that because of the blessings that we might enjoy from God as we do this the way he wants us to do it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're guilty. I know people listening right now would say they're guilty. We're guilty, Lord. We don't spend time in the word the way we need to. And we're certainly not being doers of the word because there are things in the Bible, things that we were taught that we know we're not doing in our lives, not applying. God, I thank you for the things we've been able to do according to your word. I thank you for the things we do have in our life because of Christ and because of, of your spirit within us. But God, help us not to just decide, well, we're okay where we are. We don't need to do anything more. Help us, Lord, to be students of your word, applying your word to our lives every day. Because, God, through that we know we can find the way to please you and love you. Through that we can find the way to, to live our lives in a way that brings glory to you. Through that, Lord, we will hear your voice speaking to us. Through that, Lord, we will find the strength and peace and joy and happiness, and true contentment in our lives. God, help us to see where those things are missing and remind us of what your word brings. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.